church culture really, really does push like having kids and having lots of kids. And there's been nothing in the Bible saying that choosing not to have kids is is a sin or wrong. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Hey, listeners, before we jump into today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, would you consider giving me a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts? It would really help this podcast reach others and support that mission of breaking the stigma and getting our stories out there. So if that's something you're up for, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am really happy to be speaking with Courtney. And Courtney is a digital nomad who owns her own business and travels full-time with her husband. And of course, she also happens to be child-free. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I've loved getting to know you and talking to you previously. And yeah, welcome. And would you be willing to start by telling us all a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I, first of all, super excited to be talking with you again. <laughs> um, and yeah, I really enjoyed our chats. So a little bit about me is I, like I said, own my own business and travel full-time starting really soon with my husband. And I have been child-free for the last three years and have been really, I guess, more centered and excited about life now that I've made that decision. Yeah. And what was your process to coming to that decision? So to give a little bit of background, um, my husband and I got married at 21 years old and I'm now 28 We actually met abroad at a um, Christian leadership college in Australia. Oh, wow. (laughs) And moved back to the the States together. And we, you know, coming from a Christian background and also just a very, I guess, pronatalist society, just kind of always assumed that we would have kids. And so I got married under the assumption that I was going to have a couple of kids and about, you know, two years into our marriage, which was around the time that we decided we wanted to be starting a family, I just realized I wasn't excited about that at all. And Mm -hmm. I just kept delaying it and delaying it until finally, I decided I was going to go to counseling because I was just really tortured over that decision, like mentally, like, not only because my husband assumed we were going to have kids, but also because everything, you know, in what I was raised and taught was that like women were supposed to want kids. So (laughs) I went to counseling and after um, a little while of going through that, my counselor kind of just stopped me one day and said, Hey, I want to ask you a question. Has the fear of doing anything ever stopped you from achieving your goals or the things that you desire in life? And I kind of paused to think about it. And I was like, 
no, <laughs> I don't think fear has ever stopped me from doing anything. And he was like, okay, so let's just pretend for a second that you do want kids. Do you think the fear would like the different fears that you have would stop you from that? And I was like, no, I don't think they would. And that was kind of a big aha moment for me because my biggest thing, I guess, was never wanting to make a decision out of fear. I didn't want to not have kids just because I was afraid. I wanted to get to the bottom of it and know that it really just came from a place of not having the desire to be a parent. And that was kind of like my revelation moment, if you will, to realizing that I just didn't want kids and that was okay. Mm. Wow. What a great question that is to use in anything that we're struggling to decide because I think that's so true. We often don't let fear stop us from doing the things that we really, really want to do. And what a great way to sort of reframe a question um, by looking at that in, in, in that way. Yeah, I love that. And when you went to your therapist, like this topic in particular, isn't maybe on everyone's um, mind and they might not even realize their biases around the topic of having children. And I know that I've spoken with a lot of women who've been like, Mm -hmm. I tried to sort this out with my therapist and they clearly had a bias and uh, Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't talk about it with them anymore. So how did you handle that going into your therapist? Yeah. So I, (laughs) I specifically went to a guy, first of all, because I just kind of assumed that they would be less biased. (laughs) Oh yeah. Interesting. I I also told him right from the beginning, I was like, look, I'm just trying to get down to the truth, like the heart of the matter. Like I'm not trying to come in this and have my mind change. I just want a safe place to kind of like suss this out. And I think he was really respectful of that. And he was also really good at guiding me through that without having any sort of bias. So kind of like establishing those boundaries in the beginning and being careful about who you choose was really helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love that you went in already advocating for yourself and what you were looking for out of that. And yeah, I just thought that was really an empowered way to approach it. Okay. So back to your story. So you got married, you both assumed you and your husband assumed you'd have kids. And then, you know, you came to this realization that you were struggling with that decision, sought out therapy at the end of therapy had this really big aha that you didn't want kids. And then what happened? Well, of course, part of the reason that this decision was so difficult for me was because my husband wanted kids and still to this day wants kids. Mm. (laughs) Um, We're coming up actually next month on our six year anniversary um, of marriage. Happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Known each other longer than that, but of course, like we had to sit down and have a discussion. And it's been a journey, I will say, because obviously his initial reaction was to be kind of hurt and confused. And coming from the backgrounds that we've come from, you know, this idea of not having kids, even though you're physically capable of having them was like, totally radical. So not only was it like, this new idea, but this was a new reality for him that Mm -hmm. he had to kind of like grapple with. And when I came to him, I basically just said, look, like I, this isn't, 
fear-based, like this is very intentional. I've thought about it a lot. I don't want to bring a child into the world that I don't desire just for the sake of it, because that's what people tell you to do. So until I have a desire for one, we need to look at this a bit differently. And after, you know, several, several conversations, he did eventually come to me and basically just said, look, like, I love you. This is not something that's going to be like a deal breaker for us. I married you not even knowing if you were able to have kids, you know? So even though family is something I always envisioned for myself, like I love you and I choose you. And I think that we're just going to choose to make this work. And I would say we've not only made it work, but we're like thriving together and have found so many new goals to connect on because um, we're on the same page again. But it was definitely a journey and a big conversation. And I know that most people in that situation, it might not have worked out, but we are kind of like the proof or hopefully some of the proof that like you can make it work if you end up in that situation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. And what a beautiful outcome and response from him to just take it back to, of course, he married you because he loves you and you entered a relationship never knowing, you know, how that would proceed. Would there be fertility issues? You don't know until you're down that road. So I just love that he was able to bring it back to that and that you two found a way to make it work. Would you say that this has brought you closer together? Yeah, I definitely think that it adds this extra layer of compassion and intimacy and understanding because it's a really big deal. And of course, there's... um you know, things we have to be aware of, like I'm sensitive to his feelings and he's sensitive to mine because that is something that we, you know, think differently on. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you both know what you want, um, it's easier to make goals and then your relationship is automatically going to grow and thrive because of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious, like you noted that you are thriving. You'd say that as a couple now you're actually thriving. What shifts have come or what dreams have come as a result of this decision together? So I know we touched on it briefly when we first got on, but something really exciting that is going to be happening in the next month or so is because we know where what we want in life and where we're going, we decided to kind of take some time off and travel. We've always wanted to travel full time. And just this last year, we decided to sell our four bedroom home, which is a little unconventional (laughs) and in, and instead get a sprinter renovated sprinter van and just kind of travel with our pet poodle. (laughs) We We got a lot of strange questions from people on that decision, but that is one exciting thing that like, because we know we don't want kids that we can do. Whereas if we had kids, we would probably want to stay settled. Um, My husband's also making a career change, which is exciting for him because he gets to pursue a passion and a goal that he never thought that he was going to be able to (laughs) otherwise because of, you know, it takes a few years to break into and there's some instability there, but we're really excited to kind of be entering into nomadic life, if you will, (laughs) like digital (laughs) digital nomadic life. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so cool. You are living one of my dreams. I am so excited to follow your adventure. Yeah. How did that come to be that you decided to sell your four bedroom house? And, and I mean, that's a decent sized house and then downsized to a sprinter van. Where did that start? You know, it's funny that you say that because I would honestly say this is decision has been in the making since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, mm. I think that that era kind of caused everyone to stop and look at their lives a little differently. And so we just kind of got to this place where we're like, we quote unquote, like are living the adult dream. Like we both have stable jobs. We own a house. We got the car, you know, like we're doing what everyone says to do. We've settled down all of that. And we, we just felt like there was more, <laughs> like we yeah. wanted to do something a little unconventional and different. And so it, it really kind of launched itself into motion because of how crazy the housing market has been. We realized um, how much we could get out of our home and just decided, okay, let's sell it. And then my husband was like, you know what, we're making changes. I want to change my career. And I was like, if you're changing your career, we're going to have some time off. Let's buy a sprinter van. And <laughs> it all kind of just snowballed from there. But once it got in motion, it happens very quickly. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> and am I correct in understanding that you have an account dedicated to this van life adventure, nomadic adventure? Yes. So <laughs> it's under at sunfire underscore dance because I also do fire dance performance as a side gig. <laughs> Amazing. Um, then we're also on TikTok. It's Kyron Court Van Life, um, where we'll be kind of documenting our trip across the US. So cool. When does it all start? When do you hit the road? We will be beginning our travels about mid-September, have a few things to like loose ends to tie up at home, and then we'll leave. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Do you have your first destinations picked out? Yeah, we want to spend majority of our time on the West Coast. So like Colorado is one of the first places we're going to go. We're going to spend some time up at Glacier National Park, a little bit of Wyoming, Montana, you know all of those mountainous places. And then when it starts to get cold, we're going to go back down south and do like Florida, Florida Keys. Oh, yeah. You know, facing yeah. the weather. Smart. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to follow along. And I will link those um, accounts in the show notes as well. So others can follow along. Going back to your story, are there any other ways that either your own personal life goals or your marriage goals have shifted as a result of this decision? I think that as far as our goals go, it's mainly just that we have this realization now that we aren't tied down, that we really can do anything that we want at any given moment, you know, within reason, but it's much easier for us versus, you know, someone who has children. Um, we've also thought about maybe moving outside of the country and living for a little while, um, simply because we can and our jobs, you know, are going to be remote. But that's been the biggest realization is just when we're setting our goals, we have a lot more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I know something when we talked previously, that's important to you is your faith. And I was curious, could you talk about how your faith and this decision to be child free, how that has unfolded and maybe impacted one another? 
Yes. So my faith is also a really big aspect of my life. Like I said, we we met at a Christian college. So I am a Christian. He's a Christian. Majority of my family is a Christian. I mean, even the community that we live in is like a pretty Christian <laughs> area. There's a lot of even like Mennonites. So you're talking people who get married young, um, have kids young, have multiple kids, homeschool those kids all of that. And I would say that the life that I'm living right now doesn't really fit the picture of what a typical Christian would look like. So I have tattoos, I fire dance, I've made the decision to be child free. Like (laughs) I'm the main income provider in our family right now because my husband is transitioning. Like there's so many things that I would say go against like church culture norms. And that was one thing that I really had to grapple with when making this decision, um, not because there's anything biblical saying anything wrong against what I'm doing, you know, not having kids, but church culture itself has kind of created this expectation or pressure of like what we're all supposed to do and say. And it's just that it's just a culture thing. It's not tied to like my faith or my relationship with God. And I knew that that was going to be hard for other people to understand who are more traditional is that I can still have a relationship with God. And in fact, my relationship with God has grown significantly and be child-free and that those two things don't have to conflict with one another, that we don't all have to look the same and be the same to have a relationship with God. So it sounds like for you, it's been a stepping back and separating out kind of like the human faith messages versus what is really even in the Bible or in your own beliefs. Yeah, that's totally accurate. And one of the big like buzzwords right now that I would say I pretty well identify with is deconstruction of faith. And it's basically just stepping back and asking why and getting to the heart of why you believe what you believe. And I would almost add the word reconstruction to that because I've kind of been able to take things apart and then rebuild them again to be more what I believe is like really the heart of God. Like I know we touched on this briefly, but even so many of my like views on like social issues or political have have completely changed since becoming child free because I was forced to look at things through a different lens and different perspective. Yeah. Did becoming child free and your deconstruction kind of go hand in hand or did one start before the other? Like how did those intertwine? You know what? Kind of hand in hand, actually. Um, Yeah. I, I think they kind of started at the same time because like I said, faith is a really big part of my life. And obviously for women, there's a lot of identity tied to like having kids. And so all of those things making up my identity, I think kind of forced me to like go on this journey all at once. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And coming up against sort of those beliefs and conditioning uh, that you were immersed in, in the Christian upbringing and faith. And I'm curious, how did you begin to separate from them? I think I just had to begin to look at things from a perspective of what do I desire and how does this affect my life and how does this affect the way that I interact with the world? Because 
when I began to first look at myself, I obviously started realizing that my um, desire was to be child free. And then, okay, well, how does that apply to, you know, my life? What does that look like? And I think I just found that the things that I believe need to be coming from a place of love. And that just because I believe one certain way doesn't mean that other people have to feel that same way too, but it doesn't devalue what I believe. It forced me to see things from other people's perspective, you know, on even issues like, you know, the right to bodily autonomy and choosing to um, have a baby or not have a baby issues like Black Lives Matter and things like that, like within the Christian community can be um, like very one sided. And by becoming child free, I was able to kind of sit in the middle (laughs) and be like the minority for once and feel what other people were feeling and change my stance. And I begin to see, I guess, those things as separate. So my identity and my faith and then like how it interacts with the world and how I interact with um, like political views and like social issues, I would say kind of like was able to see those things separately and then put them back together again and become a lot more open-minded. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so much admiration and respect for your journey and what you, where you've come to. Uh, I also grew up in a Christian household and I have been around some individuals who believe that everything is black and white. And if it doesn't fit what the church is saying or what their faith or whoever is saying, uh, then it's just wrong. And I find that very hard to interact with. So I just so appreciate hearing stories like yours where you're able to hold on to this faith and maybe even, I don't know if you would say it was strengthened or or not, but hold on to that and yet um, let go of sort of the toxic elements that I think can be associated sometimes with um, Mm -hmm. Christianity. And yeah, I just, I think that is really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you worded that really well. It kind of summarizes what's been going on the last two years in my life. And one of the biggest things is like, for me, like I said, has been getting back to the heart of it and finding like what, you know, Jesus even founded upon, which was love and understanding and things like that. It's not like he ever like tried to force people and stop them to do what they were doing. Like he was just like, Hey, like, I want to love you. and I want to extend grace. And yeah, I think getting back to the heart of that has restored a lot of my like humanity and that when you're really lost in like the rules aspect of it, that it it can totally become your identity and to the point that like you're just kind of regurgitating stuff that you don't even know why <laughs> you believe believe it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate what you've said there about bringing it back to love. And and even though I have stepped away from my religious upbringing, and though I wouldn't say I even know what. I believe yet or have I'm not on my reconstruction phase maybe I'll put it that way because I loved I loved your terminology there deconstruction and reconstruction that said I can look back at some of the things that I 
came away from my religious upbringing with. And I feel like at the heart of it, like there were some, you know, I feel like it was instilled in me to be kind, um, help others. You know, there were some very good qualities that I think came from my upbringing and especially like the religious aspects. So I love that you were able to come back to the heart of it and not lose your faith and go from there. Has your husband had a similar deconstruction, reconstruction journey or what has his faith journey been like? Yeah. So if I'm being honest, I think he actually started deconstructing and reconstructing (laughs) much sooner than I did because he is very much a logical thinker and very, you know, scientific. That's actually the field that he wants to go back into studying is science (laughs) and like the world and how long it's been here and genetics and all of that stuff. And so he had a lot of grappling to do and questions. And I would say that he still does a little bit. And honestly, so do I. Um, But the same outcome, like through deconstruction and reconstructing, he's not really lost his faith. I would say it's only been strengthened that he has been able to see God even in science and logic. And it's been interesting to see the way that God has spoken to him versus the way that I feel like God has spoken to me because we're very different people. And I just love that he's found a way to speak to us in the ways that we'll hear it. (laughs) Like he speaks to him through science and logic and I'm very like feelings and (laughs) nature, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So that's um, been interesting, but he's definitely been going through that as well, which is great, is really helpful because again, it means we're on the same page, we're on the same journey. And it gives me hope that we can, if we can go through something like this together and come out on the other side of it, that like, we're, we're going to be good for the, for the long haul. No <laughs> kidding. A, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of fears associated with suddenly becoming child-free. Like a lot of my friends were like, he's going to wake up bitter one day and, you know, leave you and this and that. And I choose to just remain present and not think about those things because I know if I'm intentional today with my life that it's going to grow into something beautiful and if not you know that I'm going to be okay (laughs) yeah oh what a powerful outlook and reminder to just stay present and intentional and in doing so you'll be able to meet whatever comes with also intention and presence it's it's such a grounded way to navigate life Yeah, absolutely. I have really held fast to that idea, being someone who struggles with anxiety. um, Living in the past and the future is like a very anxious state to be most of the time when you're framing thoughts with what if. And so being present has has been really integral to, I don't know, being happy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, was there other pushback that you got from people? You just mentioned your friends kind of had their own fears they projected onto you of your husband might wake up bitter. And did you receive other pushback around this decision? So yes and no. I I would say majority of my close friends and family have actually been pretty receptive. That's one theory, either that or they're just looking at me and going, oh, she's young, so I'm not going to press it right now because she'll (laughs) she'll probably change her mind, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I haven't gotten too much flack yet, um, but <laughs> but yes, I've still definitely gotten like questions and pushback of just like, you know, I think someone else I know who who is more like uh, traditional in their beliefs even said, 
well, I'm pretty sure that if you're capable of having kids that you, you should, that it, and again, this isn't biblical, but in her mind was like, well, it's a sin to be capable of having children and not do that. Basically that if you're meant to not have kids, then you would be infertile, you know? <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of some problems with that line of thinking. Um <laughs> So that's a really interesting point to sort of look to what are the messages that people have taken and and claimed are in the Bible that aren't actually in the Bible. Have you parsed any of that out in your journey here? Uh, Yes, not a lot that I would be like 100% like getting in depth conversation about just because I am still uh, processing through it. But in general, there's a lot of things that I've come across that are like, um, for instance, like the clothes that you wear, the Bible is, you know, talks about modesty, but modesty is very relative on like what culture you're from and, um, you know, what climate you live in, like all of these different things. And so I will say to like summarize what I've found to be true is I think at the end of the day, God cares a lot more about our heart and our intentions And when I've come across a question or something that was in church culture, but maybe not necessarily in the Bible, and I was unable to kind of figure it out, I'm just kind of like, okay, what's the heart? What's the intention? And kind of like move forward from there. But one of the biggest things is the fact that our church culture really, really does push like having kids and having lots of kids. And there's been nothing in the Bible saying that choosing not to have kids is is a sin or wrong. In fact, there's a verse that I I need to look up again, but it talks about God, you know, knowing us inside and out and caring about the desires of our heart. And to me, that just says two things that he knows me and he knows my desires and that he obviously has a purpose for it. Right. I love that. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool what you have come to uncover and shift for yourself in this journey and that the two things have gone hand in hand. So Courtney, is there a message you'd like to share with anyone listening to this who might be coming from their own church faith background and struggling to reconcile the messages that they're receiving, which are counter to their child-free choice? Yes. If I could give out one message about those who are child-free and also religious in any capacity, I would just really encourage you to dive deeper into why you believe what you believe and not be afraid to stick with your gut and do what feels right. Because at the end of the day, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being child-free by choice. And for me, I've found it to be extremely liberating. And like I said, even strengthen my faith by choosing to be true to myself and not just blindly go along with what other people are saying or what a culture is saying. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And as you were talking, I was thinking about what you said a little bit earlier about when you were talking about messages that aren't necessarily in the Bible that are pretty rampant in church culture and just how some of these messaging especially from institutions like churches or, um, you know, like we live in a pronatalist society and looking at 
does this really serve the faith or does this serve the institution? Like what, what is this message? Is it, you know, like you said, going back to your own faith and if it feels centered in love or your own guideposts for that. Um, I think that, yeah, it's easy to see when you step out of the church that of course a church needs its members to have kids so that they, that it can keep going. Um, there is sort of a power structure to it. And yeah, I just love your, I think the message you just shared there is relevant to anyone um, to just being intentional and really digging in and asking themselves why is such great advice. Love it. If I could to speak to those who've maybe like been in a relationship for many years and only now stumbled across their child free choice. (laughs) Um, If anyone's in a relationship already and, you know, was intending to have kids and then decided not to, and maybe like your significant other or spouse is not on the same page. I, like I said, don't know how that journey will completely unfold. And I can't say that it will necessarily unfold like mine, but I know that that doesn't have to be a deal breaker and that there is compromise and that as long as you both are aligned in your values and kind of the core beliefs and things that you want in life that you can absolutely keep moving forward even if that one aspect is not uh there anymore and I can't remember where this quote came from but someone once said that you don't just marry the person at the altar you're going to marry the person that they're becoming and I think that that's a really beautiful way to describe the marriage journey that as long as you love that person and you're willing to go on the journey with them that there's there's always a way through it. Mm, yes, absolutely. That really hits home for me as well. I know that my husband and I aren't fully aligned on this either, though I think a little bit more so. I think he leans into, well, I've had him on the podcast and he said he was 80% child free. So we've got that number there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it has been something that we just, check in on from time to time and continue building our life together. And I love what you brought up here, which is that, yeah, even throughout your lives together, you're going to change as individuals and it isn't just marrying that person at the altar or for us, it was in a barn, um, (laughs) wherever (laughs) Um, it is. Yeah. It's an ongoing commitment to the person in front of you. I am very certain that I'm not going to change my mind, but I always feel bad for people in the child-free community that maybe felt that way and changed their mind that they've been like shunned, like that it's never about like uh, parents against child-free, like everyone should just live the life that makes them the most happy and fulfilled. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I think that goes back to Exactly. Your whole point about we continue to change and evolve as people. And, you know, if you're staying present and in tuned and aligned with yourself, your values, like, yeah, there might be a day where that changes for, for you. And that's okay. Like, I agree with you. It is okay. Um, And like you said, it's not child-free versus parents. I mean, at least in my perspective, I speak up about being child-free in the child-free community just to uplift this choice and to help others know because 
I wasn't someone and I kind of feel like maybe this is from what you've expressed as well. Like we weren't, we didn't grow up knowing necessarily that there was another option. At least I didn't. And I just had only envisioned the path of parenthood. And I mean, it's just part of human nature to evolve and grow and change. And I think if you're doing that, like you're doing life right in my, in my very unimportant opinion and to have grace and compassion for yourself and for others who are growing, evolving and changing through this one wild ride that is our life. So, and you do a really great job at that. I will say like, I was drawn to your Facebook group specifically. And honestly, like if I had known about you sooner, probably would have gone to you for coaching, but (laughs) on my child free choice. But um, yeah, you just do that really well. I think of creating a community and a space for other people that doesn't have to be about bashing any other, any other group. It's just celebrating um, being child free and having a place to connect and, it's, it's really nice. (laughs) So thank you for that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That is, oh, I'm so honored. That means a lot to me. Yeah, it is my pleasure. And I'm so glad that that is how it comes across. That is my hope, but yeah, you never know. So thank you. Yeah, that means the world. And thanks for being a part of that space and this community and sharing your story and helping others. Like I was so excited to have this conversation because this isn't This isn't something I've delved into. I mean, I think that your story is so uplifting for so many reasons, like your message about there can be a way forward, even in a relationship, a committed relationship to someone who still wants kids and being an example of hope for that. And, you know, being an example of hope for someone who might be struggling with their faith and being child-free and and also an awesome example of what your life can look like, like selling your home, living on the road. Just I just am in awe of all the things that your story and who you are um, encompass. And it's really an honor to have you on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like smiling over here. I know you can't see me, but I really appreciate that. (laughs) It's really kind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like so inspired by you and my husband and I, so we've had the camper van dream ourselves on and off. And this has been a dream of ours that we're still kicking around and hoping that one day we'll be able to renovate a van. And um, at least if it's just for car camping or something like that, taking some trips, not probably fully going nomadic like you guys, which I admire so much. That's amazing. And you absolutely should like hold on to those things because like I said, it's, I think it's been like five years that we've had the kind of dream of doing that and it's just now happening. So yeah, you you guys should definitely do it someday. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing your story and um, inspiration here on the podcast. If anyone who's listened to this would like to connect with you and follow along with your van journey, can you share your links or your handles one more time? And I'll make sure that they're in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is at sunfire underscore dance. And then we do have a TikTok, very small, but it's Kyron Court Van Life. Awesome. Again, thank you so much. It's been an honor speaking with you and having you on the podcast. All right, we'll catch you next time.
Hey, don't go yet. I have something really exciting to share with you. I created a community for child-free people. That's right, a place for us all to hang out, get to know each other, and become friends. So if you could use some more child-free friends in your life, please come hang out with us. It's like we have our own private social media network. Inside the club, we have weekly virtual meetups via Zoom. We have a community feed with ongoing posts and discussions so we can continue our friendship outside of our virtual meetups. And down the road, we're going to have in-person meetups and take these relationships offline and in-person. So if you want in, head to wnk-club.com. That's wnk as in we're not kidding, dash C-L-U-B dot com. I can't wait to see you in the club.